I, I truly believe that every world challenge is solved through entrepreneurship. And I believe that most people believe that. And I also believe that a lot of those challenges, the solutions exist in younger people that are not as connected to the challenge in the first place, but no one is giving them the time of day. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have a brilliant guest to share with you today, non-technical tech founder, Jared Yellen, who found his way to scale his original tech company with $0 invested to over 40,000 paying users around the world, is with us today. In 2020, he declared a moonshot that he would build, scale, and sell 10,000, yes, 10,000 tech companies in 10 years. And that moonshot has been heard far and wide as some of the most influential people in the tech industry are yearning to play a role. 10X Incubator is going to democratize the tech industry and create a level playing field for all. There's so many stories, there's so many exciting things that we're gonna talk about. Jared, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is awesome to have you here today. Dr. Richard, it is so my pleasure, man. I, I so stand for what you stand for and what you're doing in this world and the solution that you're offering. And, and the solution that you're offering, it's something that, it's, it's generational, the impact. And whenever I meet somebody that can have generational impact, I'm like, a thousand percent in. Like, let's do it. Let's let's do it together. So it's my honor to be here. I'm an open book. Ask me anything. So I I, I appreciate all those kind words. And what I, I want to begin with is you're you're obviously a, a serial entrepreneur. You're doing all kinds of things. Let's hop in that time machine and talk to us about that journey. What were those initial steps, those early influences that put you into the role you're doing today? Yeah, it's, I love the question. It gives me the goosebumps because I don't talk about this part of it often, but I know you're going to enjoy it and, and, and the audience well as well. So for me, it started when I was actually 20 years old. I was 20 years old and I was, I was thinking about how eventually I'm going to be a dad. Now, I knew it was not when I was 20. And I don't think there's a lot of 20 year old young men thinking about becoming a father unless they're going to become a father. But the reason I was thinking about it is I was reflecting on my childhood and my parents went through an extremely intense divorce when I was five. I'm sure there was way worse divorces than theirs, but it was it was grueling. If somebody were to ask me what's one word to define your childhood, I would have said loud. Like there was just nowhere to go for peace. And when I was 20, I realized that this was a point of demarcation for me. I could start making decisions right now that allowed me to become the dad that I want to be and to create the life that I want for my future children. And I started thinking about what did I mean by that? And the word freedom showed up. And this is my goosebumps. because I get goosebumps every time I share this because I don't even know why. Like, I don't remember ever thinking about the word freedom for my first 20 years of life until that day. And it showed up, Dr. Richard, and it became my fanatical focus. And I'm like, freedom, like, what is freedom? 
So I started breaking it down. And there was, there was 12 different categories of freedom for me. There was health, there was career, and there was geographics, and there was financial, and there was these 12 areas. And I started to write down what each area meant to me from the perspective of freedom. And 30 minutes later, I had seven pages of content that I wrote out. It was like one of those like flow states. I just went all in. And I came out. I'm like, where was I? And I defined freedom. And I started reading it. And as I was reading it, I realized I don't know anyone that has this lifestyle. Like no one, there's no one I ever met that has this. And if I'm going to want something that no one else that I know has, I better do stuff that no one else that I know has done. And I just went all in on entrepreneurship. So fast forward to today, I just turned 37 years old. I'm a dad. I have a five-year-old, Taylee, my little girl, and uh, my son, my little rock star, Riker, who is three. I'm happily married and we have that freedom. And it's because I just went all in. And, and I've worked really hard so that now I can have the life I have with my kids. And I'm still working hard. I'm a moonshot entrepreneur. I'm going after something that's really big and really audacious, but I have insane boundaries. And those boundaries are dad first always. And I want my kids to see that you can accomplish your moonshot, but not compromise the things that matter most to you. I love the boundaries and, and I so identify with that. There's a lot of gaps to fill in between 20 and 37. So people listening to this and, and a lot of people listening to my show are entrepreneurs, but a lot of people aren't. And so we're living in a world, you know, the great resignation has happened and people are uncertain about their work futures. Talk to us about why entrepreneurship and why now? Yeah, so I was interviewed recently by NASDAQ. I've become a regular video contributor and they actually asked me, that that kind of a similar question. I said, 2022 is the year of the entrepreneur. It's the year of the entrepreneur. There has been two years of, of chaos and maybe many more years of chaos that stands before us. And with chaos breeds chaos and fear, but what it also breeds is immense, immense opportunity. Immense, like opportunity that we've never even seen before. And for anyone who's listening or watching this, if there has been like this itch inside to solve some form of an inefficiency, some challenge, some problem that's always existed or recently emerged, there's no better time than right now. Because for most people, chaos equates to chaos and fear, and they're looking for solutions. They're looking, they just can't find them. So that's why now is the time, if you have the itch and you have the idea to just go for it, go, I mean, immerse yourself into it because there's more opportunity Never. To me, entrepreneurship represents freedom, period. That's what it is. And if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have freedom, it's time to really self-reflect and start to redefine rules that you've already created for yourself. Because whenever I meet an entrepreneur that doesn't have freedom, it's because they just have beliefs that are holding them back. I used to have this, Dr. Richard. I used to believe that you can either be successful as an entrepreneur or have a successful relationship, but you couldn't have both. That was my belief. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why it existed, but I believe that the same way that I believe the sky is blue. Like that's how much I believe that to be true. So guess what happened? I didn't have both because that was my belief. It was so ingrained in me. And Lindsay's my wife. But when I met Lindsay, it was two weeks before I launched that tech company that you were referring to that, that now is over 40,000 users. And just some free advice for everybody. Never launch a company in a new relationship within two weeks of each other because there's, there's both of those things are are high maintenance as they should be. But I did, I met Lindsay and I just knew she was my one and I was starting this company, like that, that, that was happening. So I figured I'm gonna find a way to, to break my rules. The problem was my rules were so ingrained, I couldn't break them. And here's what happened. 
the business thrived and the relationship suffered. I'll never forget it. There was this one night I got into bed. It was about four o'clock in the morning because that's what it was. Like that was like 20 hour days. And I got into bed and, and Lindsay was my girlfriend. At the time. We weren't even engaged yet. And I, I she, she woke up because I, I started to shake the bed and she, she poked me and she said, Jared, I want to let you know something. I'm like, what's up? And she's like, I feel like I'm an inconvenience in your life. And then she rolled back over. And it was such like a intense moment for me because I could have been mad. Like, do you know what I'm doing for you? I'm doing this for us. So we have this great life. Or I could have been sad and started crying and being like, oh my gosh, that's the last thing that I want you to feel. But I actually started to laugh. It was the most, most ridiculous response. But the reason I started to laugh was because I knew, I knew that that was the last moment she'd feel that way. I knew it. And I started to laugh because I had the answer. I knew exactly what I needed to do. I need to redefine my rule. I need to create boundaries. I need to create process and system. I need to be confident delegating to people on my team so that I could have what I call all. And the next morning I woke up and I started that process. And now we have this wonderful relationship and this wonderful life and these wonderful children. And it was a commitment to breaking the rules that were holding me back from what I define entrepreneurship as freedom. And if you don't have it, look at the rules that you've established for yourself. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. I love that, Jared. And I also think, as you were telling me this, something that was coming to mind for me is sometimes people don't know to ask themselves the right questions. You know, we always, what do we get asked as a kid? What do we want to be when we grow up, right? But when we're actually adults, whether we're doing what we thought we wanted to do or not, the questions we don't ask are, how much money do you want to make doing it? And how many hours a week do you want to spend in that process? Because it really are those three things. But we're only asking the one, I want to be a doctor, I'm going to be an astronaut, whatever. So I love the way you frame this as a, because people, we do have rules, whether we recognize them or not, we have a series of beliefs that we view the world through and we hold that to be true. So I absolutely love that. And I am delighted that Lindsay doesn't have to be agitated at four in the morning anymore. By the way. <laughs> so, you know, we, we could talk about that forever and the different boundaries you've established, but I, I really am fascinated by what you're doing with, with your tech incubator because what's fascinating about it is you're trying to level the playing field in this space in a way that gives everybody access. And nobody's really doing that or has done that successfully. So what was the idea? Was that, did that just hit you like a bolt of lightning? How, how did all that come about? It, it's, 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 you know, it's so fascinating. And, it, and it's that whole premise. Like, like when, when you're, when I look back, everything about where I am makes so much sense. Like every single life experience has led me to the moment or I'm the most uniquely qualified person in the world to do what I'm doing. But in the moment, 
it was like drudgery and pain and it was grueling. But let me take you back to my first tech company because that's really where all of this began. I'm a non-technical tech founder. And what that means is there's not one engineering bone in my entire body. I know how to write marketing copy and I know how to sell. But a little over 10 years ago, I launched a company called Synduit. And the vision for Synduit was to build the simplest marketing software in the world that I would pre-populate with content for every major industry. And the goal was I wanted to democratize the marketing agency to help small business owners. My stepfather at the time was a 57-year-old chiropractor, and uh, he's an amazing chiropractor, but he couldn't justify hiring an agency for $10,000 a month. So as a result, he was the best kept secret in this town. And I thought to myself, if I could give him an agency for under $50 a month, I could do something really impactful in this world. And that became my fanatical focus, but I didn't know where to begin. Like, what was my next step? I'm non-technical. I had the money to to invest, but who would I even give it to? Like, well, where, what was, where do I go with this? So I figured, let me build the exact opposite of what I desire. And let me build a marketing agency. So that's what I did. And in our first 14 months, we built a huge agency working with thought leaders. People like you would hire us and we would literally become your, your, your voice. Like we'd build your funnels. We'd fill your events. We sell your books. And we had about 400 clients in, in 14 months. It was insane, like insane, radical growth, big team, big office, big name clients. And from anyone's standard, this was it. Like we, we did it. But for me, it was a means to an end. I wanted to democratize what I built. I, didn't, I wanted to make it more accessible to people like my stepfather that couldn't afford it. And in 2012, I had clarity of what I meant. So I started interviewing different software development firms all throughout the US, all highly reputable. And I found one in Boston that had a really good track record. They told me it would take 10 months and $750,000 to build the first version of the software. And I went all in. I had the resources. I wrote the check myself every month, almost a six-figure check every month. And at the end of 10 months, there was the D-Day, the demo day. So I went into their office. I was so excited. I'm like, this is my moment. I'm going to democratize the marketing agency. And I went in for this meeting and they, they welcomed me and they hugged me and they gave me coffee. And they're like, okay, Jared, we have some good news for you. And I'm like, oh no, you have some good news. That means you also have some bad news, but let's start with the some good news first. So the some good news was what they built to that point was very stable. So that's great. That's a win. I'm like, okay, but what's the some bad news? They said the some bad news was we just completely miscalculated what it was going to take to get here and what it was going to take to finish. And I'm like, all right, what does that mean? And they said, we need another million and a half dollars in at least 16 months. Another million and a half dollars, another 16 months. I came, became in that moment what you call a statistic because for most non-technical tech founders or even technical tech founders, that's the journey they go on when they're outsourcing tech, which is everybody's journey is how do you build a team? Like you, you need to just outsource the development. And it was so interesting because I should have been mad or, or sad, but I was so excited. I was so excited because I knew this was happening for me, not to me. I knew that this was going to become part of my calling as an entrepreneur. And in that moment, I declared that in my life, I'm going to make the technology industry safe. I didn't know what it meant, but I knew that didn't feel safe. And I knew that other people had that exact same story and they felt really not safe. Like they went to the Bermuda Triangle and never came back kind of right. not safe. So here's the magic of the story. Okay. Other than me having a calling, there was this one person on our team. We had 35 engineers at that time. There was this one person named Mani. And he was just one of our engineers. But prior to that, Mani was living in India. And when he was in India, he started his own software development firm. 
had this little tiny, his parents' apartment, like in their living room. And three years later, he had 100 employees. So outside of being a very strong engineer, he's a really great mentor and manager. He sold his company in India at the end of 2011 because he wanted to move to the U.S. with his wife to start a family here in 2012. And when he moved to the U.S., he was living on the end of my street where my original office was in Englewood, New Jersey. He could have been anywhere but there, Dr. Richard. I wouldn't have met him because he had no money. He had no bike and no car. So he had to walk to work. And luckily, his apartment building opened up to my office building. And we bumped into each other one day at a coffee shop. Wow. We hit it off. I called the firm in Boston. I'm like, I found this guy who's amazing, who's local. Can you just hire him and put him in my office? And they did. And in 2014, I ended my relationship with that vendor. And I got permission to hire Monty to become my CTO. And it gave me a chance to really do Send it right from a software development perspective. We started building our own in-house team. We hired in the US, we hired in Canada, and we hired in India as well. When you're in tech, if you could figure out India, you're in great shape. It's just very hard to, to figure it out unless you have money who hires his friends and his family. It was amazing. The only downside was everyone in India was a contractor. When you're a contractor in India, your income is not recognized by banks. So if you ever want to get a personal loan for a house or a car, you can't. So then you lose team. And I wanted to solve their quality of life issue and solve my retention issue. So in 2017, I launched a company in India that, that, that I own just so that I could employ these 12 people. And once I launched it, I thought to myself, let's use it as a recruiting vehicle and get more people. So we grew to 25 people on the dev team in, in 2017. And that was my catalyst for Sinduous. So today, we have well over 40,000 active paying users on the platform, all small business owners. We've democratized the agency. It's under $50 a month. We're helping people like my stepfather mobilize their message and their mission. But here's where it gets interesting. In April of 2020, I had this, this moment where I woke up one day and I realized I'm officially obsolete at Sinduit. And for all of you entrepreneurs out there, that's the dream, right, Dr. Richard? Like, that's the dream when you're no longer needed in your company. Yep. So I issued some meaningful equity to a few people on the team so they can start making decisions in my absence. And I kind of turned the company over to them, although I, I still own it. And for the first time in a decade, I had a completely clean canvas. I was 35 years old, two young kids, happily married. Our life is, is pretty set because of Cindy. And I started thinking to myself, what's next? I have so much energy. I have so much life. I have so many ideas. What's next? And I declare that for me, this next chapter will be my moonshot. I was going to do something that would shake up the world or I'd go down trying. And as I started thinking about my moonshot, I felt this calling to do what I just did with Sinduit, but 10,000 more times by 2031. 10,000 of anything is crazy, but it's a moonshot and you can't negotiate against the moonshot. You just have to accept the moonshot. So I got my phone. I called up Monty, who's still my CTO. And this woman, Katie, who's my director of operations at Sinduit. I said, I have an idea. I'm going to do it with or without both of you, but I'd much rather you both do this with me. Let's build, scale, and sell 10,000 tech companies in the next 10 years. Are you in? And their exact words were, we're in because it's you. We have no clue what you're talking about. So I said, okay, let me explain. We're going to launch a tech incubator, but this is not going to be like every other incubator or accelerator where you invest a little bit of money and then provide mentorship and guidance in a classroom for three to six months. That's great. That's just not what we are. What we are is a place for people to come with their tech ideas that they've written on a piece of paper or a napkin like this, or a minimum viable tech product that they put a little bit of money into, or even a cash flowing tech company that's plateaued and they want to accelerate. 
and they can pitch us. So when they pitch us, there's four things that we're going to look for. The right person with the right idea in the right market and the right business model. And if all four things are present, we will then co-found a company with them. We'll both take equity in the company so our values are just completely aligned. And we build the entire company at cost. Software development, go-to-market, sales, customer support, legal, fundraising, financing, bookkeeping, everything. And about 99% of the initial cost for the minimum viable product is at cost in India in a company that I've owned since 2017. So we just like de-risked everything. So Monty and Kitty were like, yeah, we, we got to do this. So we, we opened our portfolio in, in June of 2020. And since then, we've had well over 13,000 people submit their tech ideas, which is crazy. I don't even know where they, where they came from. About 600 of them made it past the first test to actually pitch us in, in a virtual environment. And then we currently at this point said yes to 120. So we have 120 companies in the portfolio in our first year, which, which is actually more remarkable than 10,000 in 10 years, because this was our year to figure it out. Like what type of infrastructure do we need? How do we hire and recruit? We have hundreds of team members now. And here's one thing I want you to know that you can ask me any other questions. Um, we're not playing law of averages. It's not like if we launch enough companies, we're going to have a couple of winners. Everything we say yes to, we see a clear path to build, scale, and sell. And what we stand to do is democratize the technology industry. Because right now, the vast majority of tech resides in Silicon Valley in California. And that might be the most pretentious place in the world. If you don't have the right skin color, right pedigree, right bank account, right relationships, right everything, it's hard to buy a Starbucks coffee there. And they're going to say it's not, but trust me, it is. It's a really, really pretentious place. And I just stand against it. We have founders in a little village in New Zealand, uh, in a little town in Arkansas. We had a woman pitch us the other day who is in a, a mud hut in Africa with a brilliant idea. We have more women than men. We have Black, we have Indian, we have Asian. We have, a, we have an 11-year-old founder and a 77-year-old founder. Because what we don't care about is where someone's been or even where they are. We just care about where they want to go. And if the right person shows up with the right idea and the right market and the right business model, we're going to give them a shot. And we're going to co-found a company with them. I love this because what this essentially says is that Anybody with an idea has a chance. So they didn't have a chance before. Anybody with an idea has a chance to turn, as you said, that napkin idea into a reality and into a business. And, and a lot of times entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs have an idea, but then they're crippled by the fear. How am I going to fund it? How, what, how am I going to, do I have to quit my job? What does all this mean? You've kind of taken an ax to all of that, which, which is really awesome. Really awesome. And no doubt you will get to 10,000 by 2031. We will. You know why? Because this is like a really great lesson. We only have one plan. And I believe that most people fall short of their outcomes because they have too many plans. And as a result of having too many plans, it gives you an out from having your one plan materialize. I'm sure we'll pivot and iterate and change and eliminate and add, like, but there's just one plan. And that one plan is 10,000 tech companies in 10 years. And when you become that certain, you just attract a lot of attention. I actually realized something recently because we, we have a lot of attention. And there's three things that I did in the past year, and anyone can do this. So the first thing is declare a moonshot. So for, for me, it's build, scale, sell 10,000 tech companies in 10 years. The second thing is take what I call maniac action. And what maniac action looks like is anyone observing you they think you're crazy and onto something because you're taking so much action so quickly with boundaries. I never miss dinner with my kids. 
I never not put them to bed at night. Like I'm, I'm always there, but when I'm going, I am going. And it's so fast and so intense that people are like, the dude's crazy and they're onto something. And then the third thing is talk about what you're doing a ton. Like don't live in obscurity, like make it known what you're doing. And when you do those three things, you just get attention that sticks. And we always joke, but it's really not a joke. I know people are dreaming about me at night. And I'm not saying that from an ego perspective <laughs> at all. Like it's not like, I don't care if they do, like, but I care if they dream about the moonshot because they see a place for them to contribute and actualize their moonshot as we actualize ours. It's the three steps to get attention for the right reason. Well, I love it because they, there's a, a neurobiological underpinning to this. And you know, the reticular activating system is sitting up there in our brains, basically scanning our environment like a sentry. And it's going to look for what you give it. And so it's, it's like the guy who buys a Honda. All of a sudden, he notices more models of that Honda. It's not that there are suddenly more Hondas on the road. Your consciousness is tuned into that. And so, yes, when, when we're focused on it, when we declare it, when everybody knows about it, there's a biological reason why we, we find inertia there. So I love that you shared that. I want to I ask you a different question, and, and this isn't something I mentioned in your intro, but I know it's something that's a passion for you. Talk to us about entrepreneurship and young people. Yeah, it's, it's an immense passion for me. I, I truly believe that, that every world challenge is solved through entrepreneurship, and I believe that most people believe that. And I also believe that a lot of those challenges, the solutions exist in younger people that are not as connected to the challenge in the first place but no one is giving them the time of day. Like no one, like we have an 11 year old co-founder, right? We did not say yes to this young man because he's cute. He is cute. He showed up to his pitch actually, Dr. Richard, in a three piece suit, a little handkerchief in his pocket, right? But that's not why we said yes to him. Like he has a really great idea. Like, and he's the right person to deploy it. He's gonna radically change the Lego industry. He's really passionate about Legos. And he's a problem that a lot of people have, which is they buy these Lego sets, and then they all get merged together, right? Like, and then they're like, what do we build? Because there's just a lot of pieces in this app. You can scan all the pieces and it literally tells you what you can build and what pieces you need to build it. And if you're missing a piece, it leads to a marketplace where you can buy the piece. And it's all possible. Like this, this whole thing is possible. We're That's building. amazing. It's, it's a literally amazing. He's going to be a millionaire by the time he's 13. Like, and, and not that, that, that money is the measure, but money is the measure of impact in many ways. And that's one thing that we're, we measure is, is impact and money. And he's going to be a millionaire at 13 because he had, he had the courage to go after his bold, his audacious, and he didn't let his age hold him back. So we do a lot of work with, with the youth. Uh, we actually created a whole curriculum called Young Entrepreneur Movement. You can check it out, youngentrepreneurmovement.com. And there's, there's two curriculums that we've created at this point, and we're adding others as well. So one of them is our tech curriculum, where we actually teach young people how to think of their tech idea. It's really fascinating. We actually have had, other than him, three other young people that have succeeded through this. We have thousands of people that are in it, but that have succeeded through, and they're now co-founders with us. When they go through this six-module process, there's a community they can interact with. And then if they make it to the other side, they have an idea, it's carte blanche to pitch us. And, And we don't give them preferential treatment. They're like anybody else, but if it's the right person, the right idea, the right market, the right business model, we, we will co-found with them. We also have another curriculum called the Aspire. And this is, this is really for like elementary and middle school that are aspiring to become entrepreneurs, but maybe their parent is not one. So they're not getting direction from their parent or their, their parent is one, 
but they don't really know how to help navigate that world for their child. So what we created is a curriculum that a parent and child can actually do together. The same way that if a child gravitates to ballet or piano or basketball, like to me, uh, the most fascinating the, with the most longevity extracurricular activity is entrepreneurship um, so there are kids that gravitate to that and parents don't know how to support them that's what aspire does it, it's it's i think about 20 modules and it walks you them through everything like like from learning how to pitch to to defining their brand like it's it's really thorough it was really thoughtful the team and i worked on this together and now outside that we interview entrepreneurs and we just bring them into this ecosystem to support the youth. So it's very important to me. We've partnered with some of the biggest universities in the world at this point, where we become the incubator of the university. We've started to now do this in high schools. I was recently actually elected to the board of directors for an organization called bizworlds.org. They support and they create 11 and even playing field for, for middle schoolers and high schoolers to become entrepreneurs. The founder of BizWorlds is Tim Draper, who is probably the most iconic venture capitalist definitely in the past decade, but maybe maybe beyond that as well. He invited me on the board because he's like, the dude's crazy and onto something and we want that kind of energy here. So I'm, I'm just huge in the space of, of youth entrepreneurship. I believe this is a path for self-confidence, self-esteem, salesmen and womanship, uh, everything that someone needs to have a foundation for a life filled with freedom. I told them to start earlier and that's why we're doing it. I love it. I love it. Jared, this time together has flown by so quickly. And I, I've loved our conversation. As you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question. That is, what is your biggest helping? That one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation? So it's, it's execution. And I'm going to tell you why this matters. The majority of potential resides in the graveyard. People die with their greatness inside because they were told they were not smart enough or not pretty enough, or they were too slow or they were disadvantaged. And they just believed and they believed in all of that. And they have all this potential that exists within them and they don't know where to go with it. And they're too afraid to, to put it out into the world because what if it's not well-received? What if they hear more ridicule and more naysaying? And so they, instead they play it safe, which is actually the opposite. It's so much riskier to keep your potential within. So my challenge for all of you, as you listen or you watch this, is to execute on your potential. Like, just do it. Like, the thing that just keeps you late up at night, wakes up early morning, execute on it, get after it. I've told our co-founders since day zero that every one naysayer, because as you execute on your potential, there will be naysayers that show up. Every one naysayer represents 10,000 raving fans. But most people don't get to the raving fans because the one naysayer is blocking their view. If you just move the naysayer aside, because what they're sharing should only be positive fuel for you, there's 10,000 people that want to support you. But the only way you're even going to get the naysayer to then get the raving fans is start executing on your potential, your ideas, your skills, your visions, your goals, your aspirations. Stop keeping them within. Stop telling yourself that you're playing safe and start going out there and executing. So well said. I love it. Jared, where can people find you online? Yeah, tenxincubator.com. I would love, this would be so exciting for me if you got a napkin idea, like scribbled on a piece of paper. You almost feel like silly. You're like, I don't know. I can't really do this, right? Like, I'm too busy. I'm too this. Like, like you, Dr. Richard, right? Like, you did it. Like, you went through the process with us. Like, I would invite you. It's free. Go to 10xincubator.com and submit your idea. Just go there. Submit your idea. 
I also have a really cool gift. We actually just released this. There's nothing we're selling on the back end of this. It's completely free because I believe that everybody on the planet is one pitch away from everything they've ever wanted in their life. They just don't know which pitch it's going to be and they don't even know how to pitch perfectly. So I, I'm going to teach you how. It's tennisincubator.com forward slash perfect pitch. I have either given or received thousands and thousands of pitches. So I wanted to teach other people how to do it perfectly. doesn't mean you're always going to get the outcome you're looking for because the receiver still needs to be the right receiver of the message, but the pitch itself will be perfect. It's a 60-minute training video with 20 slides, like the actual perfect structure so you to plug your information in, and then a 77-page manual that just walks you through exactly what I've done for every pitch that I've ever done. And every pitch that I do is perfect because of this framework. So it's 10xincubator.com forward slash perfect pitch. It's free, nothing being sold in the back end. I just want people to have access to it. I love it. And we'll have links to that for those of you on the road or at the gym in the show notes for Jared's episode at dailyhelping.com. Well, Jared, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I loved our discussion. Awesome. Listen, Dr. Richard, I am here for you always, my friend. Value and appreciate you. As we always say, together we achieve more. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And to each and every one of you that took time out of your day to listen to this, thank you as well. If you loved what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. That is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping, because the happiest people are those that help others. 